Under Bradford's leadership, the colony survived its early years thanks to largely friendly relations with the local Wamataog people, led by Masayat, the chief. More settlers arrived in the 1620s and in the 1623. Bradford married Alice Southworth, a newly arrived young widow with two sons who had been a member of the Separatist congregation in Leyden. Bradford's son, John, eventually joined his father in Plymouth, and Bradford and Alice would have three more children together. Bradford's first wife fell overboard on the ship as she was sick. In 1630, Bradford began writing the account of the Mayflower voyage and the colony's early years that would later become a Plymouth plantation. As more and more settlers arrived in Plymouth, fewer of them were members of the Separatist faith, and by the early 1630s, Bradford noted that the original colony was beginning to disperse as settlers moved further afield. He remained governor of the colony until 1656, working to manage relations with the Native Americans as well as with Dutch settlers in New York and fellow Puritans in much larger and more prosperous Massachusetts Bay Colony. After a long illness, Bradford died in May 1657 at the age of 68. Bradford had stopped writing his journals in 1650. He brought the record of Plymouth Colony up to 1646, including a list of Mayflower passengers and their status at the time. His family preserved the manuscripts of his history of Plymouth Colony and later Puritan historians borrowed and copied it. Stolen by the British during the Revolutionary War, the document was rediscovered by the American historians in London in 1855, transcribed and finally published for the first time in 1856. It remains the authoritative account of the Pilgrim's Voyage and the founding of the early years of the Plymouth Colony. Let us pray to the same God that our forefathers prayed to during this colonization of America. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for our podcast listeners right now. I pray for myself and over this land of America, God, as you brought us here and blessed us amongst all the different religions and everything that was out there. You brought us the separatists that later formed different religious colonies. And until they got to where we are today, as I'm giving a podcast out there, a very Christian religious podcast founded on Jesus Christ, the same God as our forefathers that led us here to us, America. And we're still worshiping you and giving you praise. In Jesus' name, I also pray for those listeners to be blessed in their finances, their health, their family life, and even in their personal life and their walk with you. I give you praise now as we go further into this America founding as we celebrate this Thanksgiving season. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, that's how we started our podcast today. Let me uh, read a few more things for you. Despite attempts to sail further south of the planned destination in Virginia Colony, strong weather drove them back to what is now Providence Town Harbor of Cape Cod. Shortly before the ship dropped anchor, Bradford became one of the 41 of the ship's male passengers to sign the Mayflower Compact, the first governing document of their new colony. Forming of Plymouth Colony early that December, Bradford joined an expedition to explore the region and find the best place to settle. The group chose a spot on the southern shore of Massachusetts that had been home to the now deserted Native American village called Padawat. 
When Bradford returned to the Mayflower, he learned that his wife and had fallen from the ship's deck and drowned in the frigid waters. The Mayflower sailed south of the Providence town and arrived at the settlement in the Plymouth Bay on December 20th. They began building the first colony, the first houses, but many of them were soon struck by an illness that had begun to spread aboard the ship. Half of the company died that first harsh winter, including John Carver, the colony's first governor. Bradford, who fell ill but survived, was elected to succeed Carver in April 1621. He was re-elected more than 30 times and accepted for more five-year intervals would serve as governor of Plymouth Colony until his death more than 35 years later. Before we go on, I'd like to just share, you know, we hear about our founding fathers, all the different settlers that traveled around the world. And here we are in 2021 and the mere cold or a flu shuts down the world. These people, half of their passengers died right in front of them. I mean, 50% of the population died and grievously sores and sickness and coughing up blood and just the suffering that went on all over these different tribes, the Indians and everywhere, everywhere you look, there was suffering always in this world. There's suffering. You're never going to stop it, folks. You're never going to stop it because we're on this earth. And when your time's up, your time's up, but you can't stop it. You're not going to stop it. You might prolong your life, but you're not going to stop your death because we're all going to die folks. So the best thing to do is what I'm telling you in this podcast, what we tell you all the time, get right with God, have a relationship with God, talk to him, live with him, breathe his life in you and just live that life and have freedom as you live on this earth and the sorrow and the pain and the struggling, but you have God. Bradford's early life and religious beliefs. Let's continue on folks on our Thanksgiving message today. Bradford was born in 1590 in Austerfield, a farming community in the Yorkshire, England. Orphaned at a young age, he was raised by relatives. A long illness left him too weak to do much farm work, and instead he focused on reading the Bible and other religious texts. As a teenager, Bradford was drawn to the growing Puritan sect known as the Separatist, and a congregation led by William Brewster and John Robinson in the nearby village of Scrooby. The Separatists sought to recreate what they saw as a simpler, more pious life of the earliest Christians by freeing themselves from the rituals of hierarchies of the Church of England. I'll stop there for a second. It sounds like us today, folks. The religious field of the building has gotten so pious and so restricted that they've pushed God right out, I believe. And a many, many, many people that have been pushed out are forming their own little groups called Separatists, which I am one of those now. I'm a separatist of that group. I am not part of that group. I know God. I know the fullness of God. I have the fullness of God. I live the life. I don't need them to validate anything in my life. Now, if we want to come together as Christian brothers and serve the Lord, yes, I'm all for it. But I'm not going to have people lording over me, taking my goods, running my house, and destroying my name anytime they feel fit. That's wrong. And I condemn that to hell. And until they repent of this ill-gotten life that they live, I will be a separatist. And I encourage you guys to be that way too. Separate yourself from this world. Separate yourself from the religion of this world. Separate yourself from all religion and get yourself back right with God. Live and breathe and move and have your being in God. 
Let him have freedom in your homes, in your hearts, in your life, on your job. Let him be in your life every day, not just once a week or twice a week. Don't just go sit under a man. Sit under God. Don't fear your peers next to you on the pews, left and the right. Fear God. That's what I say. Under the threat of, threat of prosecution from King James I, the group fled to the Netherlands in 1608, living in Amsterdam. Briefly before settling in the smaller city of Leiden in 1609, Bradford and his fellow exiles lived there for more than a decade under the leadership of Brewster and Robinson. Bradford owned and workshop in the clothing trade, and in 1613 married Dorothy May, the daughter of the prosperous English family living in Amsterdam. Under the threat of prosecution from King James I, the group fled to the Netherlands in 1608 living in Amsterdam briefly before settling in a smaller city of Leiden in 1609. Bradford and his fellow exiles lived there for more than a decade under the leadership of Brewster and Robinson. Bradford owned a workshop, like we said, in a clothing trade. He was married in 1613 to Dorothy May, a prosperous English family living in Amsterdam. In England, the group was forced to leave behind the Speedwell, which had developed leaks and cram aboard the Mayflower and other commercial vessels chartered for the voyage. The Mayflower departed from Plymouth, England in September 6, 1620 and took 66 days to cross the Atlantic before sighting land on, on November 9th. Hardship, guys. That's what we go through. When you want to serve God and do what is right, it's going to be hardship. I want to read a quote from William Bradford before we close this out. My boy in another room is yelling. He's making a lot of noise. So if you hear him in the background, that's him. Thus, out of small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand and made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindleth hath shown unto many. Having undertaken the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these present solemnly and mutually the presence of God and one of another covenant and combine ourselves together. May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say our fathers were Englishmen, which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in the wilderness. But they cried unto the Lord and he heard their voice and looked on their adversary. Let them therefore praise the Lord because he is good and his mercies endure forever. Yea, let them which have been redeemed of the Lord show how he hath delivered them from the hand of the oppressor. When they wandered in the desert wilderness out of the way and found no city to dwell in, both hungry and thirsty, their souls was overwhelmed in them. Let them confess before the Lord his loving kindness and his wonderful works before his sons of men. That's what William Bradford was quoted saying. And I'll close with this. The English Puritan separatists who moved to Holland to escape persecution from King I, you know, he ran from persecution. He lived a very meager life at the time, was just trying to be a, a, a father, a dad, or whatever. And he had to run because of persecution. He had to flee and a word came that there was a land over yonder, and if they could just get there, they could find a new life. And that's what they did, and that's where America comes from, folks. That's who we are. It's in our blood. We fight. 
we fight and we fight and we don't stop because we will not subject ourselves under a king no more, a tyrant. We will not do that. We celebrate Thanksgiving because we give thanks to God that saved our lives here and gave us this country. So the feast more likely happened sometime between September and November of 1621. The first Thanksgiving was a harvest celebration held by the pilgrims of the Plymouth Colony in the 17th century. Our pilgrim forefathers celebrated almost 400 years ago, armed with great faith and upheld them through the incredible trials that claimed half of them by the end of the first winter. These 102 hardy souls now have over 30 million descendants. Let us keep remembering and celebrating the providence of God in our nation, founding and birthplace of our spiritual heritage. Let's remember Squanto, the interpreter between the pilgrims and the Wanapog chief Masiat. Let us remember our Indian friends that helped us. Let us remember our forefathers as we go through this season. And guys, stand up for God. Don't hide. Live your life for God and give thanks to him always. And thank him for our forefathers and the hardship that they went through to get us this land. And I want to say happy Thanksgiving through these weeks that are coming until we get to Christmas. I love you all and God bless. Hey, have you ever heard of my pillow? I'm sure you have. It's on all the commercials that you can see on TV. Well, I'm a user of my pillow. I used to have migraines, real bad neck aches, but my pillow helped me in such a way that I don't get migraines and I have to use my pillow every time I go to bed. I even take it when I go on a trip. My wife and I have to have our pillows, the my pillow with us wherever we go. You can get the MyPillow too by going to MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell is a Christian. He's a good man. And he produced a very good product. I am advertising MyPillow for free for him. And if I were you, I would buy a MyPillow. I'm doing it because I know it works. It's a great product. And it'll be a great blessing to you and to whoever you buy it from. God bless and go to MyPillow.com and order MyPillow or wherever you go and you see a MyPillow, buy the MyPillow and watch. You will be blessed. Thank you.